Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up, podcast edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We're your hosts. I'm Dean. I'm Caritas. Caritas. Oh, what was that I heard? We have a guest here today. <laughs> Who can say my name properly? I'm practicing. <laughs> this is Jasper Peters, everybody. Welcome. Today we're going to talk about Jesus, mm -hmm. we're going to tell stories, and we're going to have a great time. It's already been a great time, mm -hmm. and we haven't even started yet. That's right. <laughs> Do I look at you guys? Yeah. Look into Trin. Trin. You named the cameras. Trinity. <laughs> Trinity. <laughs> so we'll be looking into Tre. Tre. For this part. <laughs> we're going to have name tags under them next time. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. If this podcast is encouraging to you, consider hitting like and subscribe and... Ooh, 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 can I do it? Hit the notification bell to be notified or notificated anytime you need and visit the website at letsgoop.us Amazing. blog posts and inspiration and leave nice comments if there's a comment section and engage. Oh my goodness. Did Jesus leave a comment this week? <laughs> if he starts it. If Jesus makes a comment, that sets the bar really high. <laughs> no kidding. But then he would say, you can reach it. You can reach this bar. That's right. Follow me. That's right. So Jasper, longtime friend. Yes. We did the math. We did. Did we figure out how long it's been? I do not even want to say how no, long. No, let's leave it. Let's leave it. Let's leave it. So you come from a large family, eight kids. Eight kids. And you're... I'm in the middle. I grew up in a big musical family, traveling. Yeah. Homeschooled the whole bunch of you. Yeah. Driving in a van from city to city, Canada and U.S. Canada and U.S. is a cool upbringing. I never thought other kids weren't experiencing it like I was, hmm. but apparently it's very rare. It is very rare. How I find out later. Yeah, because they'd be like, go, oh, we're going away for summer, summer break. I'm like, okay. Sounds good. I'll see you too later when you get back. So we are going on a tour, music tour, yeah. and they're doing camping. I figured out what that was later on, and now I get the camping thing. That's really fun, but it wasn't camping for us. <laughs> when you traveled with your family, you all played different instruments. What did you do? Did you sing? Ooh, I started singing yeah. when I was like four years old. Four, okay. So little. In the States, we would go as far as Florida. Okay. We would show up and play at places like resort areas. We would do a lot of fairs and then, I guess, more private mm -hmm. family showcases, I guess. Yeah. And so funny because we weren't playing in churches. It wasn't that my parents didn't want us to do church venues, but they had a strong calling to be a light in the world okay. with crossover music. Mm -hmm. So the genre was new country rock. Yeah, so... So that's, I grew up there and that was very normal to me, homeschooling, traveling. And by the time we hit our youth, that's when we started locking in more to church. Right. I think this is where we met. That's right. So we lived in the same town and I was a worship director at the same church that you were going to, your family. Yep. That's where I met the whole Molnar family. <laughs> whole bus load. The whole bus load. Top they would show two. up in the van. And they would start coming out the door and they would just keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we would file in and we'd be top row balcony or something. Around. You could look from the stage and you could see <laughs> there's the Molners. <laughs> it's true. You took up a whole section. Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> like, we're all here. No, it, was, it was fun. 
we had a great view of everything. So we slowly started playing a few things at Christmas production when we were young. Nothing significant, but we were there and we wanted to be involved in our own way. And then the funnest story is how we met was... Right. Your brother is older than you. Yep. So we had hired him to play drums in our Christmas production. There were maybe 15 songs. Each one of them had a different setup. And we had planned a rehearsal day for the songs. And we had booked time slots for each song. And your brother, the week before, decided he was only going to show up at 10 o'clock in the morning. And we had two songs booked before that already. And we couldn't change it. So your mom said, don't worry, I'll send Jazzy. (laughs) We didn't really know who you were. Yeah. I was the little sister. She said, don't worry, just just send me this two songs and she'll learn the songs. We were like, I don't know how this is going to work. I still remember you walking in, a skinny little girl. <laughs> I remember your arms were like bean poles yep. with a pair of drumsticks in your back pocket. <laughs> what an impression. <laughs> Adjusted oh. the kit. Make it to girl sized. There you go. And I was 14. You were 14 years old. I was 14. One, two, three, four, (laughs) bam, and you nailed it. After the first song, we all looked at each other and said, what just happened here? (laughs) I'm glad you guys gave me a chance. It was really fun. I've always wanted to go and try out, but I don't put myself out there. But your mom put you out there. My mom! She threw you into the fire. (laughs) She sure did. She threw you into the ocean and said, swim. Mm -hmm. And we were so impressed with Jasper that we let her play the song in the production. She actually replaced her brother for one song. That was really fun. Yes. And from that point in time on, you became our music intern. And we spent lots and lots of time together Mm. playing some amazing worship, leading worship together. And you've been like family to us ever since. Yeah. There was a lot more than just music too, though, because we spent time in Bible studies together. Yes. It was kind of a different season of life for your family at that point in time. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Worship's been such an anchor. And Mm. you need mentors in your life, regardless of your walk of life, but you need them in different fields and aspects. I have one question. Yeah. When you were young, you were sick for a while. When I was younger... I was lactose intolerant, and that's in the 90s where you didn't know these things, and they would put you on, like, a rice-only meal, <laughs> rice milk. But it was, like, you, I couldn't tolerate anything. So what ended up happening was my system started shutting down. One distinct moment, I was on in bed having a nap, and um, I woke up and saw my little doll, and I think I, like, slept on her and squished her. So I hurt my dolly and I freaked out. So I ran to my mom and I said, hey mom, I need to fix this. So she said, no worries. When dad comes home, we'll fix it. Go back to your nap, finish your nap. So halfway down the hallway, back to my room, I look at my dolly and I'm like, oh, I have to tell mom. I completely forgot our conversation. Ran back to mom, told her the same thing. So that was scary. And we went through a bunch of testing and proper care and all that and figured out I was allergic to everything. I was allergic to dust, mold, pets, air, grass. <laughs> so they had to whitewash my bedroom with no windows on purpose. They gave me a special mattress, all this stuff. I had a spirit of fear over me as a youngster. So I'd be having these nightmares and things like that. I was unwell. I remember waking up and I was upset because I'm like exhausted and wanting to sleep and not have this fear. And my older sister, I walked over to her. I'm done. I was frustrated. 
big old sis um, held me. She prayed. We rocked back and forth. And then she said, you know what? If you ever feel the spirit of fear, just say, in the name of Jesus, go away. I'm like, okay, I can do that. The next time I felt this spirit of fear, and it's like this adrenaline, like hair raising on your back kind of feeling in my room. I'm like, oh. So I said, in the name of Jesus, go away. And I kid you not, I felt in my heart just a tiny little light. Like, you know, those like little Edison light bulb, but mm-hmm. it's a new one, like mm-hmm. just start to glow. And I'm like, oh, and I felt calm and I felt really good. And so. It can't be this easy. I know. So I did it again. I say, in the name of Jesus, go away. And more confidence. More I freedom. More freedom. Oh. So mm-hmm. third, fourth time, by the very end of my deliverance, I was jumping on my bed hooting and hollering in the name of Jesus, go away. And since that day, the spirit of fear is broken. I got healed. That really helped because who I was created to be, well, wasn't a fearful child. Right. As my parents will attest, wild horse. (laughs) I think it's crazy how your sister planted that seed in you. Amazing. I'll never forget it. It And you picked up on it. Yeah. You said it once. (laughs) You noticed it. Yeah. So you were obviously sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to know that something had happened. Yeah. You said it again and you noticed it more. Yeah. And then you said it again and it kept (laughs) lifting. And then by the end of it, you were jumping up and down in your bed screaming. Yeah. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And it completely left, and it's never come back. Never come back. If you get to know me or you've known me, I'm very much childlike. Yes. So it doesn't go away. <laughs> but the more and more as I get older, I'm in my 30s now, I think that's more what I want to emulate is being like a child. So now I'm a mama. So I got married, had kids, two children. And through them, it's so cool to see that aspect because I'm like, hey, you're like me. I'm like you, but you're like cuter and can get away with a bit more stuff. And I still have to like make your breakfast and stuff. But aside from that, let's go outside. So that's where the great outdoors and stuff comes in. But Mm. being a child, it's not complicated anymore. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I look at you and you have this childlike part to you that Mm -hmm. has never gone away. I was talking to somebody the other day that knew you back then. And they said, so what's she like now? And I'm like, she's the same, except now she has this maturity and wisdom about her. Right. So you've retained that child likeness, but you've grown in wisdom and maturity. And it's such a refreshing thing to see in a person, that child likeness. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. (laughs) Jesus calls it desirable. Yeah, really? Yeah. I wanted to share one thing. It's part of your legacy. It's part of my legacy. That's it. Yeah. My parents prayed for me in the womb. This is a beautiful story. So my parents couldn't have children for seven years. This is the 90s. They don't know. There was no testing. They don't know. They just couldn't conceive for seven years. So my parents prayed for me, and they were pregnant with me, and they didn't know. There's this song. You might laugh. It's by Sandy Patty. Mm-hmm. It's called Masterpiece. I know the song. Childhood song. That was like this life song over me and my identity. Mm-hmm. So and then I was born. They named me Jasper, which is in the Bible. It's a Jasper stone. Mm-hmm. I found out there's many variations. It means rare and most precious jewel. And you met me as Jazzy. Yes. And I went by Jazzy my whole life, which actually is short for Jasmine. Mm-hmm. But once I turned 20, I need to be called by my name, Jasper. Mm-hmm. So I made this big like <laughs> shift. <laughs> Anybody who knows me as Jazzy can call me Jazzy because that's like a childhood, an endearing name because it's a nickname really. But when I introduce myself to anyone, I'm like, I am Jasper. It's actually Jasper Lee. 
So Jasper means rare and most precious jewel. And Lee is actually a place poets would go. They'd go um, where weeping willows would be in streams. I'm sure Anna Green outdoors. Gables were the outdoors <laughs> to create and be. So when we were wow. thinking about creativity and stuff, that's how they prayed for me. And so then I came through childhood illness, family band, I was healed. And then when I met you and I started interning, yep. well, I was really curious about things of the spirit and worship. I don't know if you knew, but I was like watching everything. I'm like, okay, take notes. So wrapping up chords properly, like doing it with excellence, but it's all in the Bible too. Even just the practical things. Even the, like the details the of details. your life matter. So matter. Yeah, that no one else sees. Okay. I love that you saw yeah. Jesus in him in those little things that he didn't even realize he was well, probably t- Who knows? Somebody's watching you oh, and you're yeah. wrapping up microphone cables. Cables. But you guys were always gracious on me. Drumming. There's this glass cage. Not glass cage. It was like a fishbowl, <laughs> <was a>, actually. <laughs> we called it the fishbowl. It was all secluded. For sound purposes, soundproofing. Yeah. So you'd go in there. He's like, it's not scary, I promise. There was like a red light, I think. Then you wear your headphones. Mm-hmm. I was used to rock and roll. And mm-hmm. so when it came to worship, at the end, maybe the first worship, Dean's like, yeah, we'll work a bit on the cymbal swells there, <laughs> Jasper. I'm like, no, a little more. You learned so quickly, though. Learned. One thing about you and your whole family is yeah. that you're not just musical, you're artistic. It's this unique combination of... Art, music, being spirit-led, mm-hmm. and a connection to nature, yep. and a connection to family and community. Mm-hmm. combination of all those things that makes you who you are. I wanted to ask you a question about something specific, because a lot of people who do art or who do music mm-hmm. don't consider themselves an artist. In fact, there's a denial there. Yes. When I look at you and say, you are an artist, how does that make you feel? There is this denial. Mm. And I was trying to think about why. It's either you're so used to being you and quirky and unique, special, in and your own way that that's all you know. I'm like, why do I feel like either in denial or that it's not necessarily real that I'm a creative person? How do I still feel this if I am creative? It's like getting out of your own self-absorption. It's not that. It's actually just your identity, Mm. knowing God has created you this way. Here's the fruit. This is who you are. Somehow it gets lost in like the jargon and you, I do this. This is my life. Right. So when you do it all the time. Yeah. And it's just part of your life. You don't consider that you might actually be able to use that or call yourself that. Mm -hmm. Because it's always been there. Yeah. Because I remember when you were very young, you would paint pictures. So there's all kinds of parts to you. You know, it's not just the music or the singing or the painting, but it's actually your whole approach to life. It's who your mama prayed for. That's how you came into the world and you carry that with you. Mm -hmm. So your entire approach to life comes from a place of an artistic eye. Yes. One way or the other. One way or the other. (laughs) You can't escape. So I have another question then. Okay, so you've come through a lot of different phases in life. Mm-hmm. Little girl, teenager, when I met you, then you got married. Yeah. You've been in the work world for a while. You've had a couple of kids. And now you're a stay-at-home mom and you're raising a family. So those are all stages in life. I always say life isn't linear. Mm-hmm. You don't go from point A to point B. It's a series of seasons, and all of those places in life are different seasons for you. So in each season, 
I feel like as an artist, because I'll say that I am an artist as well. Yeah. In every season of life, you have to recreate, reevaluate that artistic part of your life and what it looks like and how it gives expression mm-hmm. in each season. Mm-hmm. How have you managed it? Because I'm like, I think I need to take you out for coffee and ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so how does this thing work? So apparently I've just figured out the denial part. You pull your notebook and your pen and go. Let's go. It's going to happen. <laughs> but I can tell you up until now. When you were a child, art and music looked like traveling, mm-hmm. singing in a family band, mm. touring, having fun, sleeping in a different place every night. Yeah. And life was just a big party. Oh, yeah. On the family bus. On the family bus. <laughs> then your family settles down becomes a little more grounded, which you kind of need for that growing up teenage kind of year phase. Yeah. And art looked for you at that point in time, a mode of expression when you needed to express Mm -hmm. thoughts Mm -hmm. or emotions or feelings. Yeah. A musical outlet when you needed to worship. Yeah. What did it look like then? Mm, I was thinking about this. It was very creative and very explorative, which okay. makes sense in your teens because I was very dedicated to worship schedule mm-hmm. right. and youth group. I actually had quite the schedule for myself. <laughs> yes. I was busy. That's how my husband came along. He's like, I remember you. You were just walking fast paced going from point A to point B and setting up something. He's like, yes. hello. <laughs> so I met him at church and youth group then, and then we ended up playing together, which was actually really cool. Right, because he's a bass player. Bass player, so yeah. drummer, bass and drums, meat and potatoes. There you go. <laughs> so I explored worship in a more tangible way, but also experiencing it too, mm-hmm. which is actually cool because I was quite young experiencing worship and art and dance. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize at the time that art was a form of worship. Mind blown. So now all of a sudden you're expanding out. You're realizing, hey, this world of worship is a lot larger than I thought. Yeah. So much so that in my youth, I was 16 and I had a rescue horse at the time. And I would ride my horse with Jesus. Mm. So this is a bit of that kind of childlikeness. I would hop on my horse bareback. And I felt his presence so strong, and I distinctively remember in my teen years going, all right, Jesus, well, you're coming back on a white horse. You got to exercise that thing, because when you come back, you got to go. He's very playful, as you both know. He's fun and funny. So I had this conversation (laughs) with Jesus. I said, race you there. Go around the... It was just so good. And you're racing Jesus around the field. Racing Jesus, exercising He's on his his white horse. on his white horse. My... Rescue horse. Rescue chestnut or bay horse at the time. He's like, this kid's right. I got to exercise this horse. He's like, yeah, you're right. Basically, Jesus, if you're coming back on a horse, (laughs) you need to keep this horse in shape. (laughs) It was a very uh, practical. Very practical. Very practical of me. It works. Uh, It works. It works, yeah. So I had those encounters (laughs) with Jesus in my teens and being outdoors, being with a horse was just so therapeutic and great. It's just so healing outside with Jesus, animals, and they take up a lot of time. So You don't have hours. time to get into trouble. <laughs> no, nope, there was no time to get into trouble. So that was that was me. You'd find me there. It's five o'clock already? Yeah. Oh, supper time and chores. Supper and when am I going to get into trouble? Oh. <laughs> no time. <sighs> or for me, it's like, what is trouble? No, I just, I don't know. I had other things to do, I guess. So uh, then you got married. Then I got married. To my sweetheart from youth group. That's right. (laughs) After that, there was a period of time where you established a life as a couple. And 
what did worship in art and music look like at that point in time in your life? So in marriage, it was a very learning time, um, a growing up maturity stage to mm-hmm. my childlike wild horse. Okay. <laughs> and I was working as well. So I ended up doing cosmetology school, which is hair school, because after doing music and worship and interning, right, we, I'd be using my hands a lot. And I think this is something God revealed to me. He loves my hands. You know, doing hair, you can do color too. So it was a very practical trade, which I could have an outlet for. So I got to experience all these people, Ooh. different heads, different <laughs> hair textures. So that was cool. And I did hair and up until I got pregnant with my first little boy. And I was growing and cutting hair until I'm like, <laughs> my belly's touching everybody and I'm shampooing their hair. I'm like, hello, it's me. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got to be done. So I finished the creative outlet was very practical, but it still really was fulfilling. It really fulfilled me, and I really liked that. So when I became a mom, everything changed. I went right into being in the home, nurturing a little baby. Through social media, I did totally use Instagram and do fun, quirky things. That was an outlet for me. I used to do like little videos or funny things just to be bold or mm-hmm. just say what was on my mind or just create a little thing and then also be on the worship team at church sometimes once mm-hmm. in a while. The outlet for sure was more practical and stretching. And I definitely had times of doubt where I was like, am I a musician or am I, Mm. what am I? (laughs) (laughs) I had to sell a drum kit when we moved back because I now had one child and a baby on the way. And I remember having to make this decision. Isn't it this way with all houses? You have like one storage section, drum kit or family things that we need. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the drum kit went back to the original owner, which you're trying like, to fit it all like the, it didn't the work. toys in the big round parts. And I totally would have done that. The drum in the I had something you could have put the toys in the bass drum. There. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> but this was a have to go drums. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then I had this a moment of, am I still a drummer? Even if I don't have the kit or am I still a musician even though I don't play and I realized yes but um, it might be just a different season so it somehow came out anyway because it would be mm. in the middle of the night because it's quiet now I'd be with a little guitar I'd tune it to one <laughs> chord so I can just worship or play I'd be on my knees in the corner or in the basement or somewhere and I'd have moments and then just being outside in his presence but it would hit me I'd be out there kind of untouched in this beautiful environment and eagles would be flying over there you go but still using my hands so being a creative person I noticed Jesus lives in your heart he always is going to come out anyway and just guide mm-hmm. you through this it's a journey because tomorrow will look like one thing and then the next day will look mm-hmm. like <laughs> so I think what's so. so interesting about your story is how all these things started way back mm-hmm. and they've all followed through but they've all come through different stages but what I love is that you've retained the same childlikeness through it all. You've retained that same sensitivity to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and Caritas. In talking to Jasper, one thing that strikes me is how uniquely natural her relationship with Jesus is. It's very integrated into life and very integrated into nature and integrated into your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Just a natural flow. Well, it's nice to have friends like you guys because you feel more natural to be able to talk about it. There you go. And this is why Aww. I love this podcast and, so much. And, and you're like, going up. I'm going up. <laughs> and I told Dean, I'm like, oh, that was my favorite <laughs> podcast. I'm like, 
Oh, and I thought that was my favorite product. Now the next <laughs> one is my favorite. I, I can't pick a favorite because mm. the language is right there, and I know that language, and I, it's yeah. so refreshing to be like, ah, you have like it, this relationship it. with yeah. with the father, like a child, and this good, good father. Such a good, you good know, father. like playful, but teaching, guiding, mm. complete presence and safety. Listening to the eagles and playing with your horse and all these things that a father would want to do with his daughter. Sitting on a blanket. Sitting on a blanket. Talking to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh, and there's moments where I'll bawl my eyes out in his presence just there and the kid's like, hey, mama. (laughs) Jesus is strong today. (laughs) (laughs) Please. On your property, at your other property, when I came over, maybe it was for a Bible study, one thing you said that never left, I wonder if you remember it, you said something about when I'm on my property, I bless the animals that come onto my property. Mm, right. Your deers. It's no surprise you have deers here again. We have deer <laughs> in our backyard right now. You had deers There's at your There's a mama last. there right now. They're multiplying. They followed you here. You had deers in your other property, but they were more wild and wander through the back. Mm. But uh, I remember you saying... When there's a bird that flies through, I'll just bless that bird and say, bless you with the blessing of Jesus. Do you remember? I never forgot that. Mm. That is one of the things I've taken through my whole life. And I think that's maybe where I can come across confident. And you've spoken it through all of your podcasts, so you know exactly. But it's when His glory is living in you as a form of act of worship, you're giving it back to Him. Your life should emulate Jesus, everywhere you go, which means mm. birds that fly onto your property, you better believe they will feel the presence. And mm. even through your words or just your nature walking by, mm-hmm. you can bless them. And that's why we're here in our creation and creation yeah. is waiting and yearning yeah. for the revealing of the sons and daughters. So I believe with all my heart that the trees in my backyard, yeah. the birds and the animals that live here, mm-hmm. they are waiting to be released from what we brought on them yeah, at the no beginning. Really. Yeah. But we can bless them. Mm. I know this is really, really weird, maybe for people who are out there listening, but I brought it up. You were already there. So <laughs> if I see up. if I see, you know, a robin on my lawn, yeah. Or another animal, we have all kinds of them around here, I will point at it and I will say, be blessed today. Mm. Have a prosperous mm. day to raise your family and to thrive today. I will release a blessing over things that I see. There's been times where I've had some very strange things happened. One time I had a bird hit into our window and it landed up on our deck and we thought it was dead. And I picked it up and there was no life in it at all. But I held it in my hand for a while. Mm -hmm. But I prayed in the spirit for about five minutes. Mm -hmm. And then I just said, in the name of Jesus, life come back into you. Nothing happened. I said it again, and I felt it twitch. Yes, Jesus. And then I said it again. I literally felt life and warmth come back into this little bird's body. And it sat on my hand for a while, and I prayed for it a little while. And I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I'm sorry that you hit my window. I'll leave it dirtier from now on. (laughs) But you are going to live, and you're going to prosper, and you're going to thrive. And it sat there, and after a while it fluffed up, and then it flew out of my hand. (laughs) That happened in March. It was early spring. So right in front of my door, I had a planter. And I noticed a couple of weeks later that they were birds, and it was that same 
species of bird coming and building a nest in the planter right beside my door. I don't know if this it was that safe, same bird. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. I know I'm way out there right now. That species of bird, anyway, built a nest right beside my front door. Wow. Dean, you blessed raised generations an, Raised there. an entire family <laughs> there. And there was about five or six little birds. That wow. Were, oh. Two Bible verses here. For God so loved the world mm. that he gave his only beloved son. That word world is cosmos. <gasps> it includes all of creation. Mm-hmm. Yes, it includes the people, and it is talking about that. Mm-hmm. But he so loved the cosmos. Wow. He loved it all, mm-hmm. all of it, mm-hmm. everything that he created, mm-hmm. so much that he sent his own son. Wow. And then there's a second verse. Jesus said, I have come to seek and save that which was lost. Wow. He didn't say, I've come to seek and save the lost. Mm-hmm. He said, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. It was all lost. And he came to bring it back under the heart of the Father. And we carry that heart. And so Mm. creation is longing for the revealing of us as sons and daughters. Apart from us, creation can't be liberated (laughs) from the curse. But it gives me such joy in my heart to be able to bless a robin on the grass or whatever it is that comes across my path. Mm. I work on a farm. There's all kinds of animals there. I bless and I release blessing and I release presence wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Plants respond to it. Mm-hmm. Animals respond to it. The ground responds to it. Yeah. The ground produces fruitfulness when we bless it. Mm-hmm. And when we govern from a place of the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. resting upon us and being at hand and being released through the presence mm. that rests on us. Yeah. Wow. Genesis is my favorite book of the Bible. Thanks, Dean, because we did the Genesis <laughs> so Bible study. I can't get out of Genesis. You asked my husband. He's like, still in Genesis. I'm like, Thanks I can't. a lot, Dean. Just like, so you know, when we were doing Bible study, even back then, Genesis was my thing. <laughs> it hasn't really gone anywhere. So it's not just a phase. I, I, I should just wait out? <laughs> no, Cretus, it's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> So the beginning in Genesis, I was floored by just even creation, the, the sky, the light separating, and then the day. And I was like, oh, I look up my window, I'm like, the sky is blue. The sky is always blue. So I was rocked for days doing my dishes, mm-hmm. crying in the presence of dishes, water is everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, the sky is blue. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's so beautiful. You really have to simmer down and settle down. And if I get too busy, I would miss it. So my life is a very... I call it a slow living lifestyle. Mm. It's very slow. I do remember Mm. one time laying on my back, looking up into the sky, and I noticed the blue. Mm -hmm. Not only was it blue, but it it had texture to it. Yeah. And there's things moving in it. It's stunningly beautiful. It is. But if you don't slow down and take a moment to look, you're not going to see it. I went through some tough times in my life when I was younger, and I fell in love with Jesus again, and he healed my heart over sunsets. I would go out and look at sunsets. That makes sense, though. And Jesus would just heal me. You just be, and it's there, and his glory, and I love that you touched about this. I'm like, these are my people speaking the language. His glory is everywhere. How can we deny it in everything? We've been tricked into thinking it's complicated, but it's so simple. (laughs) Because you could just stand there and your heart just be washed 
by the renewing of the word, but it is his word in life saying, this is good. You're mm -hmm. standing in his sunset and it's so good that it just washes and fills yes. your heart. It's that simple. The rest that we should partake in isn't a striving kind of rest. It should be natural, but when you look on the outside, it's the hardest thing to do. You have to almost strive to enter into his rest. It does say that in Hebrews, doesn't it? It does. Mm. That was a mic drop. There goes the mic again. Ta -da. There you go. That poor mic. That verse that you were just quoting, I just wanted to read it. Yeah. Hebrews 4.11. Therefore, let us labor to enter into rest. We're not supposed to labor for anything, mm -hmm. but there is one thing that we're supposed to labor for to enter into rest. Wow. Once we actually get there, we need to stay there. It takes renewing your mind to what life is all about in order to enter into rest. And I feel like, you know, you're bringing that here for us tonight. You're bringing that example. Maybe it just takes simplifying and getting to that place where we can just live a simpler life, mm -hmm. drop the things that don't matter, mm -hmm. make the choices we need to make. Mm -hmm. I heard somebody say the other day, mm -hmm. rest is serious business in heaven. <laughs> wow. They take rest seriously there. It's really encouraging to me that you come here and you've actually made those choices. Yeah, you and your husband and the way that you raise your family and mm -hmm. you do life that way. Mm -hmm. wow. That's the way that you roll. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> it is. And it can be encouraging sometimes even putting a simple language to that now really helps. So mm -hmm. my mama friends, I'm like, mm -hmm. I just say slow living because... The slow living is what we kind of do as a family, and it's not very popular to everybody, mm -hmm. our decisions. It doesn't take a strong person when you're under God's kingdom to know why slow living is important or resting is important, mm -hmm. but in anywhere around the world, or it can come up against a lot of barriers that you have to actually also have really strong boundaries for. So rest mm -hmm. and boundaries go very well together. Mm -hmm. Creative people are not endless wells of creativity. Thank you eventually, for saying that. <laughs> eventually, you will burn out. Yeah. And when you do, it'll be a long road to recovery. Mm -hmm. So take care of yourself. Yeah. Take your rest seriously. Yeah. And I'm going to say for myself, because I live in the business world now, no matter where you are, there is a way to do life in rest. Mm -hmm. It has a lot to do with your mental attitude mm. and making decisions along the way to not get uptight about things. Mm. It's a constant decision that you have to make throughout the day to stay in rest, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. And it's worth it. It is worth it. It's yeah. worth it. I was wondering, how does a man in, a, in his job as a creative person rest if there is a set time for work or hours? Mm -hmm. That's a whole different thing. I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. How do you remain and enter rest and reserve creative energy and even time? First of all, when I'm at work, I don't allow myself to get uptight about stuff. Mm. The world says the more uptight you get about something, the more is going to get done. Mm. Because productivity is tied to the amount of effort you put in. Mm -hmm. But when I started this particular job that I'm in, Jesus promised me that he would be with me the whole time. Come on. And so 
I actually live with two angels beside me. I saw them when I started there. <laughs> wow. One of them is a security guard. So he protects me. The other one is to help me do my job with the strength of heaven behind me. Mm. Those two beings go with me wherever I go. One of them keeps me safe because I'm in a lot of situations where I could be mm -hmm. even injured or hurt. Mm -hmm. And the other one helps me do things out of rest. Mm -hmm. Come right. On. It's so doable. It's yeah. doable. You just have yeah. to stay there. Yeah. If you start trying to do stuff on your own strength, mm -hmm. you're going to get into striving. You're going to move out of that yeah. place. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dean, mm -hmm. I feel it coming on. Mm -hmm. I need to back up. <laughs> I need to go into a corner. I need to mm -hmm. find the presence of God again. I need to get in sync with heaven. Okay, now I'm coming out of my corner. Mm. And I'm going forward like I'm supposed to be going. Yeah, because it hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't gone anywhere. We step out of that. <laughs> yes, we step out of that place yeah. of rest. Mm -hmm. yeah. Once you get out of it mm -hmm. and you start moving on your own, you start using your own energy to sustain things. Mm -hmm. Come on. <laughs> All right. So now what happens is you do that for a few days. After a little while, you don't even realize you're doing it anymore. Yeah. And you start doing life presenceless. Mm. And you don't even know that you're doing it that way. Mm -hmm. You have to back up, find it again, yeah. and then move forward from there. Mm -hmm. I never let those two angels go. I don't do life without them I by feel my like side. A common misconception is if I'm not in this situation that I'm in or this circumstance, if I'm not in that, then I could be in rest. Mm -hmm. But it's so chaotic and it's so busy and it's so... But what I hear you saying is you didn't have to leave that situation to do it in rest. Mm -hmm. You just had to remain in the presence. Even if life is chaotic, even if all of the people around you are chaotic, mm -hmm. even if your boss is chaotic and demanding chaos out of you, mm. <laughs> you don't have to be chaotic. Yeah, wow. You can choose to live in rest. And what I notice is that your productivity goes through the roof mm. when you do it out of rest. Yeah. Mm. You start striving, your productivity actually decreases. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the father did all this creative stuff, creating the beautiful blue sky, and then when it was all done, he, he rested. rested. Yeah. And then Jesus says, come to me. I'll give you rest. Don't go. <laughs> it's balancing a world that pushes mm -hmm. the more, mm -hmm. and we all have our own individual examples of that that will daily come against you. Yeah. And being able to see through a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it makes sense to the world to do it this way, but God's calling me this way. Which I feel like you have an untouched anointing on you from how you've walked. I've only noticed because I've watched <laughs> you only like something episodes, but I can tell right away that you have such strong language to that because you've walked in who he says you are and how mm -hmm. then you can act in your daily life and your life with mm -hmm. his presence and his mindset and his rest. Because yeah. otherwise, if you look at the chaos, you'd be like yeah. a chaotic person yourself or mm -hmm. have other human emotions, which are normal, yeah. but you would be living out of those human emotions and then that just wipes all your energy away. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to get to is a place of through rest. It isn't striving anymore, mm -hmm. but it's just being in his presence and from mm -hmm. there just flows. Yeah, and bringing, we were created bringing to everything to him, everything. like all the little yeah. things even. Yeah. There is a verse that says he's a very present help, mm. but the presence of God is always there. Mm -hmm. If we don't 
know it, it's because we've walked ahead of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of retreating back, finding it again, and going forward with it, and refusing to do life without it. Yeah. It's interesting to me that we're talking about this because I feel like right now, in a lot of things I'm hearing in a lot of places, wherever I go, I feel like the Father is emphasizing rest. And what's so interesting about you being here tonight, Jasper, is that we pray every week, Cretus and I do that, that the Holy Spirit will lead our conversations to relevant places. Mm-hmm. And we pray that we will hear the voice of the Spirit and hear the heart of the Father, and we will say what He's saying. Mm-hmm. That's what Let's Go Up is all about. Yes, mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to me how when the Father mm-hmm. puts on our hearts to invite a guest like yourself here and you wonder, okay, Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, where are you going to take this? Mm -hmm. Why did you want Jasper here tonight? Mm -hmm. Now that we're talking here and now that we've landed here, I know why he brought you here (laughs) because he wanted to talk to us about rest tonight. Mm -hmm. And your lifestyle is a lifestyle of rest. And that's what you've brought tonight. I thought it was going to be about art (laughs) <laughs> but now I'm realizing he had something else on his mind. Yeah, which we found out that through rest can come art and the creative. That's right. So mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't necessarily about art, but it was in a roundabout way. Yeah. Rest mm-hmm. is more important on his heart. I've done striving for sure and didn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it happens a lot. Sometimes I'll do it out of trying to help maybe too many people out or, or right. too many family, and then I'm like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so even out of best intentions, sometimes it's not great, but Mm -hmm. so relieving to do it through the spirit and let him lead and through rest. When you say yes to something practical and with him behind you being restful, that is when you can truly shine and stuff like that too. Being okay with being misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can be clear in your communication, but Mm -hmm. inevitably when you follow Jesus, you will be misunderstood by people Yeah, and being okay with that. Mm Mm-hmm. And not having to change so that you're accepted everywhere and all your choices are understood and accepted, but yeah. just trusting him enough that even if the whole world misunderstands you, you're so mm-hmm. at rest and settled and at peace in him and with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're dialed in to the mm-hmm. kingdom lifestyle, the kingdom mandate of rest, because it is yeah. a mandate. It's a mandate. We're commanded to rest. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Just, people think it's an option, but it's a commandment. Mm-hmm. Jasper, there's two more things that I'd like you to tell us today. Number one, you have talked a lot about your hands, how the Father created you to work with your hands. You create with your hands. Mm -hmm. You like to cut hair with your hands. Mm -hmm. You play drums with your hands. You paint Mm -hmm. pictures with your hands. You write Mm -hmm. with your hands. Mm -hmm. And your hands over the years have taken on a very precious nature to you. And the Father has spoken to you about your hands a lot. Yes. I think a couple of years ago, something happened to one of your fingers, mm-hmm. and then that finger was healed. So I want to hear that story. Ooh, okay. And then when you're done with that, I want to know if you have a favorite scripture verse that you can share with us. Yeah. Those two things. Perfect. Hands first. So I had a finger injury. It's a very common one. It happens basically by jamming your finger doing anything. It was my middle finger, okay. my right hand. Yep. Um, I would show it to you, but <laughs> it was this finger. <laughs> Fill in the blanks, but I'm like, it's this one, middle finger. And I jammed it 
And it got so bad that I'd be at church, we'd be worshiping, and I would be holding my hand and be aching. I'd be out of focus even what was going on. It was that bad. I went to my naturopath. He gave me an antibiotic for it. He says, these things do heal with time, but it was swollen inside in this knuckle joint. And it inhibited me from doing anything. I went to church one Sunday and I strongly believed that I needed to really just go ask for prayer. I was at that fed up and need change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was ready for the healing. And I called out our newest friends at the time. His name was Sir James. You know him. We call mm-hmm. him Sir James. And so I knew I needed to talk to him to get healing mm-hmm. and for him to pray for me. So he prayed for me. And the cool thing about it is I did get healed, but it wasn't the way I would initially think, like, boom, healing, warm, tingling. But in the spirit, he said, hey, I just feel like you should go home for the next three days and anoint your hand and then ask God what he thinks and what he loves about your hands. Mm. Like, I can do that. So the next three days, I do. I'm in my bathroom, bathrobe, just chilling. But I just like, what do you love about my hands? And he started speaking about my identity first. That (laughs) floored me. So Jesus. That's so Jesus. (laughs) Typical Jesus. Typical Jesus. I was not expecting that, but I should have. Now I know. Let me tell you. I know you. Like, I love what you do with your hands. I love that you love to create. You write. I love that you mother and nurture and you love to bless people with your hands. And I'm like, Mm. I was floored. I'm like, wow. And that's why I said, thank you. I receive it. The next day I did the same thing. And he reiterated that as well as still more identity stuff, mm. the kingship and anointing and just being wow. a daughter of the king. So it was getting really special and intimate. Yeah. So he just goes to the core every time. He always goes to your heart. But the second day, I felt the pain go away. Wow. The mm. third night, he re-identified me just being as a woman of God and just mm. the kingship again. Pain went away and then I had full function on my hand again. That was it. I was oh. like, it is finished. I felt this, it is finished moment. Mm. Ever since then, it's, he, yeah, he just re-identifies what he loves about my hands and creation. Mm. So that's why Genesis is so special to me because it's like in the beginning he created. I'm like, yeah, wow. he created. Okay, Jasper, your okay. favorite scripture verse? Favorite scripture verse. Philippians 2, verse 15. Philippians 2, 15. I got to find it. Got it right here. 2, 15. Can I pull um, So it yeah. says, do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourself to be blameless and innocent, mm. children of God, above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. And the translation that you're talking about says, you will shine like stars in stars the universe. In the universe. Mm. Which we did a quick dive into your very big book, and it said cosmos. Mm. Yes, cosmos. Which I was floored. You will shine it. like lights in the cosmos, in the cosmos. yes. Wow. Yeah. You'd shine his glory mm-hmm. through you and it as a worship sacrifice back to him. So then it fills you back up and you can give it all the glory back to him. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's my favorite. And the world right? gets a glimpse of him through your life. It was excellent. Must it end? How do you do your ending? Well, you probably oh. would know how to do Actually, the ending. Actually, yeah, you'd probably just nail it. And Dean's like, Krita's Go on a vacation. Let me try. <laughs> um, so like Dean said, in blessing the birds on his property, we want you to be blessed, to thrive, and you are welcome here. This is a place that you are welcome. This is your home. And if you feel blessed, just encourage you to also share it with someone else who you think you could be a blessing to today. Bless you and thrive. Mm -hmm. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.